kingdom men, when we enter God's realm and world and submit ourselves under his government with a commitment to growth, you have access to promises, spiritual resources, and wisdom and knowledge that the Father equips us with. This is what God supplies to all believers. But our life does not become only inheriting promises with no conflict, difficulty, or challenge. There is a part that we have to play. This is what we apply in this equation and relationship. In today's show, we are going to look at the application process for us. What is required of you? The Apostle Peter provides seven standards that we are charged to implement in our lives. And when we do, we have a promise that we will be effective and productive. And we're going to break it all down for you in today's show. Let's get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Okay, guys, welcome to today's episode of Raising the Standard, Leadership, Mindset, and Development for the Kingdom Man. And in today's show, we are going to break down what God supplies and what we apply. Guys, there's seven things that every man must do to be effective and productive. As we examine these seven things in front of us, you are going to see that there is an equation we enter into with God when we enter into relationship with him. And on one side of this equation is we have the promises of God, the things that he supplies to us as men in the kingdom. On the other side of the equation, you will find out and you will discover that you have a part to play and you have something that you bring to the table and you do it by applying what he commands us to do. So we are going to go straight to the scripture for today's episode, and I'm going to be reading from 2 Peter. Now, let's just do a quick highlight reel on the life of Peter. And this is going to be really quick, really high level. But we know that Peter was a stubborn guy. He stepped out on faith. He had blind faith. He just stepped forward, and he always stepped right into it. He's the one when Jesus is walking on the waves, Peter yells from the boat, If it's you, let me come out and walk on the water with you. And we know that Peter does that. He steps out of the boat. It fits his personality. He also was one of the inner circle of Jesus's disciples. Peter, James, and John made up that inner circle that traveled into places with Jesus that the other disciples did not have the opportunity to go. We know that Peter denied Jesus three times. And Jesus will later personally restore Peter. He'll forgive him. He'll put him in his proper position and place. And Peter on the day of Pentecost will preach with boldness and see over 3,000 people get saved. 
So guys, we're going to go right to the scripture and we're going to be looking at 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read the first four verses to you and I'm going to break just a few things down before we get into the seven standards that God has for man here for us in this chapter. Okay, so the chapter opens with this, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these, he has granted to us precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Wow, guys, that is power packed because what Peter is saying is he's laying down that we have everything supplied to us by God to live and be empowered to live a life with all godliness. We also see Peter explaining the promises that God makes to us. He says, for by these, he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that we may become partakers of the divine nature. Guys, this is heavy stuff. There's something here that says we can enter in to the divine nature with God. We have access to everything pertaining to life and godliness through these promises that Peter is explaining to the audience that he's writing to. But there is an if, there's a contingency that tells us how to apprehend these promises. There's something that we must bring to the equation. I just read to you what God supplies, but what you're going to see in a moment is what we must apply. Okay, so let's look at the next few verses, verses five through seven, because here we are going to learn about seven virtues or seven standards that we as kingdom men must apply in our life if we want to be effective and productive and see results in every area of our life. So I'm going to pick it up in verse five. And Peter says, now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence and in your moral excellence, knowledge and in your knowledge, self-control and in your self-control, perseverance and in your perseverance, godliness and in your godliness, brotherly kindness and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the last verse I read about being neither useless or unfruitful, I would like to read you that verse from the Net Bible. The Net Bible stands for New English Translation. It's a great translation. You should pick it up if you have the opportunity. And let me tell you how they translate verse 8. For if these things are really yours, they are continually increasing. They will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive in your pursuit of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ more intimately. That's verse eight. So guys, I just read to you seven standards, or we can call these virtues. Some Bibles might even put in the subheadline, the ladder of virtues or the paragons of virtue. 
So let's break down what a virtue is. Virtue is moral excellence. A virtue is a trait or quality that is deemed to be morally good and thus is valued as a foundation of principle and good moral being. In other words, it's a behavior that shows a high moral standard, doing what is right and avoiding what is wrong. So back to what God supplies and what we apply. So let's break this down. There was a lot in that verse. There were seven different characteristics or attributes that we're going to break down. And it's a lot to hear at once. It's a lot to take in. So I want to look at this one by one. And in 2 Peter 5, it says this, For this very reason, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. So you can see there is an application for us. Peter is instructing men to apply all diligence. And he's also saying, in your faith, supply moral excellence. So there's application and there's a supply. There's an applying and there's a supplying that we must bring to this equation. And if you look at that word diligence, applying diligence, giving all diligence in the Greek, it is bringing in all zeal or effort. There's an earnestness there's an eagerness. There's actually a business connotation to this word that you're bringing all zeal. You're putting in effort. You're being zealous towards these things. And that is what diligence is. So as we move on from applying diligence to the seven things before us, we're going to start to break these down one by one. And the first thing that we're applying diligence to is moral excellence. The Greek word for moral excellence is arete. Arete is a great word. It's actually translated as manliness. So as we talk about becoming the best version of ourselves as men, stepping into our kingdom identity, this concept of moral excellence, arete, is manliness. It's valor. It's excellence. It's a virtuous course of thought and action. Now, I also want to say that this virtue is not passive. It requires a lot of energy and boldness. Its very essence is firmness, manliness, and independence to pursue something in front of us. Okay, number two, knowledge. The knowledge that we apply in this equation is intelligence or moral wisdom. And this can also be seen as the knowledge of God and of the way of salvation through the Redeemer. The knowledge of God, to know the plan of salvation, to know how to live an overcoming life, to know the scriptures, to seek and study to be approved. And let me just tell you, it's the duty of every Christian man to make the highest possible attainments when it comes to knowledge. We talked about this on our last episode, Stop Being Superficial, that we often limit ourselves by being superficial in our pursuit of many different areas in life. And one of those areas is our pursuit of knowledge. Let's stop being superficial. Let's press in for the fullness of everything that is available to us as we implement and apply what Peter is charging us to do here in this chapter. Number three is self-control. Now, self-control can also be translated as discipline, and self-control is a virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, specifically sensual appetites, things that gratify our flesh, things that make us feel good in the moment, things that are pleasurable. And the word here refers to mastery over all these evil inclinations and appetites that all men deal with. 
Now, when it comes to self-control and discipline, we will see the Apostle Paul write about this many times in the New Testament. And I want to mention just a few here because they're worth us looking at. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. So here we have the Apostle Paul talking about this concept of self-control. I will not be mastered by gratifying my flesh. It's 1 Corinthians 6.12, if you want to look at it for context. He talks about giving into appetites that have to do with the food he eats, the things he looks at, the things he partakes of, and he says no. And every time he says no, he's taking mastery over that domain of his life, and he's exercising self-control, which is also a fruit of the Spirit. And later in the same book to the same group of people in 1 Corinthians chapter 9.25, Paul uses one of my favorite metaphors. He talks about an athlete and the way athletes train. And he will go on to say, if anyone wishes to compete in the games, he exercises self-control in all things. So there you see again, discipline and self-control in everything that the apostle Paul is putting his hands to. Okay, number four is perseverance. And perseverance can be translated as patient endurance. This is the characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to the faith, even by the greatest trials and sufferings. And remember the writer of this exhortation to us. This is Peter. Peter knows about suffering and he knows about trials. Some of this was self-inflicted when he denies Jesus and he deals with the suffering that goes along with that and the internal turmoil. But later in his life, Peter will face many sufferings and trials, and he'll actually die a martyr's death where they crucify him, and he demands to be crucified upside down because he counts himself not worthy to die in the same exact manner of his Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a man who understands trials. He understands the need for perseverance. We said perseverance can also be translated as patient endurance. So let's just look at this word endurance for a moment because James will write about endurance and he says, let endurance have its perfect result so that you would be complete, perfect, and lacking nothing. And I want to say this, sometimes we're praying for breakthrough. Sometimes we're praying and we're asking God to break us out of a situation, to break us out of some suffering that we find ourselves in. Maybe you're going through a trial right now and you're just praying that you get the breakthrough, that you would just come right out of that thing unscathed. Well, let me share what Peter's saying here because Peter is not saying breakthrough, he's saying endurance. And sometimes we're praying for breakthrough when we actually should be praying for endurance, that we would have the strength, the longevity, and the long suffering to let God's perfect will be done in us and through us, through the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Okay, guys, and we're going to wrap this up with number five, six, and seven. Number five is godliness, and godliness is holiness. It's respect and reverence towards God. Next, we see brotherly kindness. The word here is Philadelphia. It's a certain type of love. The Greek language has four definitions for love, and Philadelphia is the word that exemplifies brotherly kindness and the fraternal affection that we have for each other as brothers. And then lastly, we see the word love, and this is the unconditional agape love of God, and it's benevolence. It's a love towards God. And Paul will tell us later in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that we have nothing 
if we do not have love. That is in fact the marker and the differentiator that makes us stand apart as kingdom men and as Christians in this world that the world would know us by our love. So guys, we just looked at seven key characteristics attributes and standards or virtues that Peter says we must supply. We must apply these in our pursuit of being kingdom men, living our identity to the fullest, expanding and enlarging the kingdom before us and within us. And remember, Peter writes after this that we will be effective and productive if we put these things into practice. And the idea that Peter sets before us here as we look at this chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1, is that there is a diligent cultivation of our virtues, that we should be diligent in our approach to stir up and apply these virtues in our life starting right now. There's also progress from one virtue to another, that we should be progressively moving forward. And lastly, there's to be an accumulation of virtues. So we see cultivation, progression, and accumulation of these seven attributes in our lives. I want to close with just the last few verses from this section in verses 9 through 11, because what Peter starts to do is he tells us what happens if we do not apply these. And he says, for he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Guys, in those verses I just read, there was three things I wanted to pull out. He said, be diligent. He said, practice, and that word practice can also be known as apply. Be diligent, practice, and apply. And as we do this, we become partakers of the divine nature. Christ in his nature is being fully conformed within us as we apply these virtues, as we set out with deliberate practice, and as we submit to what God has for us. This is how conformity to Christ happens, and this is what it means to be a partaker of the divine nature. God supplies and we apply. Let's raise the standard. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map, and you can get it at standard59.com. In The Map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.